Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. Today, we're going to talk about how to talk to yourself, something that's critically important in really everything we do in our lives. Um, before we get started, I just want to mention that I have online human and spiritual integration workshops. Um, so check out sacredhearthealingministries.com. I'm excited to be offering these been going into parishes and dioceses and seminaries and universities and the list goes on. And I've had um, many people reach out from all around the country who've asked if I'm providing one in their area. So unless their parish or diocese or group or community or something is getting in touch with me, they wouldn't have the ability to access these. But now because we're going to be doing them online, there's the ability to to take part in that. So check out sacredhearthealingministries.com for, for Catholic online human and spiritual integration workshops. If you're really looking at information to, that's really going to help you understand human behavior, understand your own behavior, and really be able to metabolize the great power and love of God and make that practical and applicable in our lives for our own healing and our own journey. And then also for all of those we relate to and maybe even minister to if we're in those sort of positions. So as we get started today, how to talk to yourself. Again, this is really the conversation underneath every other conversation that we would ever have with anyone else. And you know, I think when most of us hear about communication, communication workshops or um, communication talks or, or things like that, I think we immediately think about how to relate to others peacefully and effectively, how to be able to collaborate with other people. And yet, would you believe that that is actually the end point of communication, not the beginning? There are two very critical steps that come before speaking with others. And without the, these two ingredients, relating to others will really only be so effective for so long. And what these two essential ingredients are, are one, primarily, first and foremost, listening to the Lord, how he speaks to me, what he speaks to me, that he speaks to us of being chosen that he desired to be in relationship with us. And so really came from heaven to earth in order to, to do that, to restore that relationship and cause us into covenant for that purpose. And that we're chosen, we're his chosen people. And then that we're known by him more intimately than, than perfectly intimately, more than we could ever ask for or imagine, even knowing ourselves or, or certainly another that he values us to the point of pouring himself out for us. 
um, in redemptive work and in grace and in sacraments and love and continuing day in and day out, continuing to do that. He just emptied himself and he continues to do that for our sake and that he protects and provides for us individually, personally, and um, in a very perfect way, regardless of what this life might throw at us, that his ultimate plan for us in the afterlife is one of perfect bliss and perfect peace for all eternity. And so we really have to listen to that voice of the Lord, just the how he speaks to me, how he speaks to us. And then what we're required to do is to talk to ourselves with that same compassion, that same tenderness that he has towards us. You know, um, he is love and he's all good. And he loves us with a tenderness that's really beyond our ability to fathom or even our ability to hope for or imagine. And yet all too often we agree with this truth intellectually when we hear it. Maybe we hear it in scripture at mass or when we're reading scriptures or if we're in a talk or, or something that when, okay, yes, I agree that God is love, but then we completely disregard it in our practical application. We really have to remember that in the scriptures, Jesus told us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that really means that loving ourselves is key. Yet to have any true and healthy idea of what love is, we have to look at Jesus, who's the image of the invisible God, because God is love. And so I'm called to imitate him in his compassion, his patience, his understanding, even as I relate to myself. And in some ways, especially as I relate to myself, because we can't give to others that same compassion, patience, and understanding if we don't first have it. So the Lord relates to me in that way. It's kind of like he pours this love into my uh, my metaphorical love bucket. But if I'm poking holes in that love bucket, it's just going to be draining out. So what am I supposed to go and give to my neighbor? I'm starting with an empty bucket. And so it's going to feel very arduous to, to try to relate to anyone, even in, even people we have a, a positive relationship with, um, and certainly people who are more trying for us. So sadly, there was a, there was a time many, many years ago when some of the spiritual writers would use this term self-love in a negative way it was a kind of derogatory term. And, and what it really translated into was like selfishness, but it's really unfortunate that that term was used because they're tends to be this leftover attitude that it makes sense for Jesus to love me because, you know, that's kind of, that's how he is. But then if I love myself, that somehow that's bad. And and that really doesn't hang together. You know, if he loves me and I love him, then I want to love what he loves. Even if I'm one of those people he loves, then it still counts for me. It still counts that I should love me, not just that I should love you. I want to love who he loves. So we think it makes sense for Jesus to love us, but then unfortunately, somehow it translates into, I should go beat myself up in my thoughts and deeds towards myself. And then we expect to be able to go love our neighbor well, because somehow we, we can kind of conclude, I think, unfortunately, that that's holier than being loving towards ourselves. But that simply 
it doesn't work. See, and it requires an extraordinary amount of mental and spiritual gymnastics to make that constant mental shift from a negative condemning voice that beats me up if I forget something or struggle in some way, but then is patient with another person if they forget something or struggle. See, it's, it makes way more sense to have one voice and that voice be God's voice, God's voice of peace and of love. And then I internalize that voice and I take on that same way of speaking to myself. And then that becomes truly in a very authentic way, the voice with which I speak to others. So to really believe that God loves me, I have to be living as though I love me. See, it's like if we're believing it, we'll be living it. The love doesn't mean entertaining my every whim or desire any more than, than God relates to me in that way. He certainly doesn't entertain my every whim or desire, which is a good thing because who knows what that would look like in my life, probably be a flaming hot mess pretty fast. But we know that he doesn't relate to us that way, but it does mean that I can't make perfect performance, some sort of golden calf that I have to be a slave to in order to earn love. Because see, earning love, earning love is, is a contradiction of terms. Like it doesn't, that's not what love is. Love is a gift. We don't earn it. So if I do relate to myself in that way, then the chances are that I'll end up relating to others the same way and may very well even begin to believe that that is actually what God's love is like, that God's love is somehow um, about performance and about I, I have to do things perfectly in order to be loved by him. That could not be further from the truth. His love is is unearned. Our love from him, him loving us, is it's unearned and it's unchanging. It's actually the power and strength of being loved by him that gives us the freedom and the ability to hit the mark a little bit closer and closer each time. You know, it's one John says it's not that we love God, but that he first loved us. He didn't love us in response to us being perfect. He certainly knows that's not the case. He loves us. And as we've received that love and begin to believe it by being, living it, be living it, then we begin to believe it that much more and more. See, if I'm, if I'm relating to myself as though I'm lovable, it's going to be that much easier for me to, to believe more and more that God loves me. So what I want to encourage you to do and really challenge you to do is when you're going about your day and commenting to yourself on what you've done or how you've done it, be compassionate. And maybe, maybe even as you examine your conscience at the end of the day, don't forget to affirm yourself for the effort that you've shown and how you've responded to God's grace. That is, that is not pride. That is being loving to you as the Lord commands you. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, 
please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com. 